I'm sitting here in front of three of your books. So give us the titles and, and tell us a little bit about them and how what, what the concept behind writing them was because that's going to be a great conversation for us. Absolutely. So I have three books right now, and I have one that will be coming out next year. Um, the first one was Gwen and Gabby Go to the Amusement Park. Mm-hmm. And that is about inspired by my daughters who are biracial. Yes. And... Um, they inspire me every day, mm-hmm. and I really wanted to create books where they could see themselves. I love I it. I really wanted them to be able to see themselves in books, just having regular adventures and being able to um, see their family represented. Yes. Um, and I thought that that was kind of missing in the market. Like, there's a lot of books, amazing books, on being biracial, having multicultural family. However, a lot of it is about acceptance or about my curly hair or but there I didn't see anything about just like regular adventures. Like right. there's so many books about kids doing really fun stuff, but you don't see the kids that look like my kids. Yes. And so I wanted them to be able to see themselves yes. in books and be able to see the fun things that they do. And you didn't want it to to you didn't want the focus to be on the fact that they're biracial. You no. wanted to show that look, this is our normal life. Yes, this, this is, is this is normal. Yeah, this, this we don't have to highlight that. Nope. this is this is my normal life. This is what my family looks like, and this is just normal to me. Yes, and I'm just having my fun. So I did the first amusement park book, and then I was like, oh, what do they love? They love Halloween. So then we get Gwen and Gabby's getting ready for Halloween. And then um, our family is really big into Christmas. We are very much Christmas people, like decorations up already, wearing the, you oh, know, the proper pajamas. Um, so it, it made sense that we did a book about Gwen and Gabby visiting Santa Claus because, you know, they have the holiday spirit just like my husband and I, which we bonded over when we first met. So let me ask you something. What did what did did they know you were writing the books? I did start to tell them when I started to do it. Um, I was like, you know, guys, I'm gonna write um, books about you guys. And then my daughter um, Gwen, who is my older daughter, she loves to actually write and do art, even though she's only eight. Wow! And so she was really like excited, and she was like, I want to write my own book. Can I do that? Like, yes, how do can. I publish it? I was like, I will help you, whatever mm-hmm. you want to do, but. Let's first um, let me take some time because I had gotten laid off last year. Okay. And so I had some spare time this summer. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, you know, this is the perfect time. I will never get back this free time yes. to focus on a passion. Mm-hmm. And writing is a passion of mine. It always has been since I was little. Has it? Yeah, always. I used to write columns. When I was um, little for, like, soap operas. My dad got me, like, a little um, uh, column with my face on it. Like, we had one of my school pictures. (laughs) And I used to write, like, updates on, like, all my children. This week, Erica Kane did this, you know? Oh, I love that. (laughs) And it it, it continued. Like, as I got older, like, um, when I was in my early 20s, I had a website called Jackie's Dish. And it was, like, all celebrity gossip. (gasps) Because I was super into celebrity gossip back then. Yes. Um, and that was super fun. But it was like 
having a full-time job and trying to maintain that site was just not happening. It's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy at no. all. Um, and then eventually I moved in. I, I was always in publishing. Um, okay. I used to work at the Washington Post. Um, wow. I worked in production. And then I started, you know, dabbling in writing. I started off with, like, advertorials. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, I decided to move to New York because I'm from the D.C. area. Okay. And uh, I moved to New York, and I started working at Cosmopolitan Magazine. Okay, so I just have to tell you, <laughs> who is this woman, and how did you just drop into my lap? Mm-hmm. Because, like, you are fascinating, which is why I love having these conversations, because you and I have not had a back conversation. No, we have this not. This is literally the first time we're sitting down, yeah. and I am learning about the fabulous Jackie Galdi. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm from New York. I don't even think I knew where Cos- Cosmopolitan Magazine was. <laughs> it's very close to Columbus Circle. I'm like, oh, I'm going to touch you because that's the closest I'm ever going to get to a celebrity. <laughs> I love this. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It's a little bit of, uh, you know, you don't get to see the grunginess of, you know, people see Devil Wears Prada. Like, it's not that bad, but, like, um, I've worked with a lot of amazing people. I'm sure. But working in that role, I worked with the international editions of Cosmo. At that time, it was, like, 64. Um, And so imagine having 64 different... Um, editions that are in different countries, but they have to adhere to the um, U.S. brand. Oh, my god! So, gosh. like, our job was basically to help them mm-hmm. to ensure that they still upheld the brand image. Okay. Oh, but wow. Also, but also, like, helping them with their shoots and helping them with certain articles. Like, I wrote a few articles online for some of the different international editions and... We had, like, Cosmic, which was, like, where you get all the international mm-hmm. editions together. I got to go to one in Buenos Aires, which was, like, one of the most amazing things ever. I'll never forget it as long as I live. Like, I, it was I really, wouldn't be able to forget it either. <laughs> it, was, it was quite amazing. Um, but it was, you know, again, it was really great to be working in magazines. Yeah. But... It, you didn't get to write as much because, like, it's more of a brand mm-hmm. steward, yes. if you will. Like, there was that. a little bit of writing, but a lot more of operational and mm-hmm. policing and schmoozing and things. Like, we got to do fun things. Like, we got to go to, like, Fashion Week and things like that. Those things are really great perks. But yes. at the same time, like, the, the bulk of being a writer it was not, fueling your passion yeah, to write for it writing. It was not. It okay. was not. But it was a, a really fun, cool job to have, something that I will never forget. And again, I met some amazing people who have become lifelong friends That's from wonderful. working there. That's wonderful. And that right there was great. And in fact, one of those friends led me to Twitter, which is what I was doing when I got laid off because I used to work there. Hello. Um, hello. <laughs> <laughs> I got. I used to work there until you're my dear like, friend Elon. You're like this beautiful flower <laughs> that just keeps blooming right in front of me. I'm like, oh my gosh, what is this? Right, right. One I, after another. And this is why like, I love conversations. Woo. This is why I love conversations. <laughs> it goes from Cosmo to, to Elon. Twitter. Oh my gosh, Buenos Aires. Yes, Here we Buenos go. Aires. Yeah. 
So working at Twitter was great. But again, uh, even though I worked on the curation team, which was an amazing team, it was a team that really brought context to the conversation mm -hmm. at Twitter. So like, you know, Twitter wanted to have people join into the public conversation, but our team helped people quickly catch up so they could you know, join the conversation. Oh, we found the best tweets. We contextualized trends. Like, we even managed topics. It was a g amazing team that eventually Elon did not need. <laughs> All righty. I mean, but if you see Twitter now, you know that he didn't need it. But yeah, hey, he did need it. But that's okay. Yeah. But um, being an editorial team, again, still not writing, but you know, really honing the craft on operational work and, um, again, made some, met some amazing people there as well. Mm. Um, and operations is my jam because I love to make things better. Right. Like, <laughs> I come in and I just fix things. That's what I do. Yes. So I love doing that work, mm -hmm. but as a passion – I love to write. Yes. And so being able to do that is always something that I strive to do. So I had to find another creative outlet for right. myself to be able to write. So, like, I do journals, you know, I write whenever I can. But having this opportunity um, where I was thinking about my daughters, I was like, this is the time to do it. Because once the um, layoff happened, mm -hmm. I was at this place where I was like, oh, okay. This is my time. This is my time. To my passion. Yeah. And, like, there, it took a little bit of time because mm -hmm. as another layer unpeels, I ended up having this medical um, condition that I've had for the last four years, and it's called trigeminal neuralgia. And what is this? This is a chronic pain condition okay. where the nerve in your brain um, is being compressed by blood vessels. And what it does is it, sh it sears sh sharp pains into one side of your face, um, which is typical trigeminal neuralgia, where it's like one side of your face is getting this like stabbing pain where you can't even move or do anything, and it's quite debilitating. And um, it must be terrifying, too. It is terrifying. You Like, I remember when I first had it, I actually thought that I was having an aneurysm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I really did. I, I, I had to go to the emergency room. Yes. Um, and they were like, oh, well, we don't really see anything. I don't know what to tell you. Like, you look like you have some sinus issues on your CAT scan. But other than that, we don't know. You should go to the dentist. Maybe it has something to do with, <laughs> something to do with your teeth. Um, like, I thought... When people say things like this to me, I don't know if I should get annoyed or frightened mm -hmm. because so many people are told, no, you're fine. There's nothing wrong with you. Exactly. No, we can't find anything. And if you're like me, and I'm, I'm almost embarrassed to admit this, that's comforting to me because I'm like, all right, good. I'm great. I'm not, I, I got a clean okay. bill of health. And then three months later, I'm, you know, passing out in a parking lot, hitting my head on the floor because, mm. you know, well, no, they told me everything was fine. Yeah. So, um you have to be your own advocate. And, you, and is that how you found out? Because yeah. you just kept pursuing? Trigeminal Raja is, like, such a difficult thing to diagnose sometimes. And I actually was very lucky because my dentist, which is where they told me to go, mm -hmm. um, my dentist, um, Red, shout out to Red Barn Dental in Middletown. Uh, um, yes, and shout out anybody. <laughs> Dr. Lisa. Dr. Lisa. When she was... Um, 
examining me, she was like, there's nothing going on with your teeth, but have you ever heard of trigeminal neuralgia? Because I think that this sounds like this could be it. And so she's like, I think you need to go to a neurologist, not to, you know, not to the dentist. So I did go to the neurologist and he did a lot of tests. He did an MRI mm -hmm. and sure enough, they found a compressed blood vessel that was causing all of this pain. So then I had to go on anti-seizure meds. But the unfortunate thing about trigeminal neuralgia, first of all, it's quite rare. Mm -hmm. um, and they don't do a lot of research. Like they're doing research. There's a the facial pain organi like, um, organization. So they, there is research, but because it's so rare, like people don't talk about it enough. Right. And there's not as much going on as other illnesses. Right. Um, so anti-seizure meds are normally the way that they mm -hmm. handle it. Yeah. But unfortunately with trigeminal neuralgia, the meds typically stop working. Oh. Because it just progressively gets worse and worse. Oh. Like the meds wear off after a certain amount of time. So mm -hmm. when people suffer from it, they suffer quite yeah. terribly. Yeah. Um, so initially the meds worked for me. I started on anti-seizure meds and I was able to have like a pretty normal life-ish, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and then they, they started to wear off. So as they start to wear off, they up your dose. And then the side effects kick in, mm -hmm. the brain fog. I used to struggle for words. Like, um, I remember um, a doctor joked with me, like, oh, yeah, you know, anti-seizure meds, they're great, but they make you dumb. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's great. Wow, thank <laughs> what you a so fun, much. What a fun side <laughs> so effect. So glad I came to talk to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they make you super tired. Um, and uh, eventually they make you stutter if you get a higher dose, and they make your balance. They, your balance is off. So, like, I could not walk in a straight line at all. By the time I, towards the end, because I was on such a high dose, right. I actually ended up on the max dose. That's how much pain I was in. And it still did not work. So what ended up happening is in 2020, I ended up having brain surgery. And so what they do is they drill a hole in your skull, they put... Um, like a little spongy piece in between the blood vessel mm -hmm. and the nerve to stop the 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 pain reflector, reflectors or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and it worked for a little bit. But what ended up happening, I think, because um, we don't know if either they missed it or another one just came. We, we will never okay. know. But... What ended up happening is it came back right. after I went through surgery. And surgery is a big deal. Like, because it's a like, full brain surgery. Like, well, you I just you. said they drilled a hole in your head. I mean, I'm, I, I thought that my C-section was traumatic. It was, it was pretty traumatic. We're talking, is, like, ICU, yeah, like pain this is this level, is, yeah. like, horrible. And On I have to say. completely different level. I, I was very lucky in the fact that. I had amazing friends and family. Like I have friends that live in Atlantic Highlands who um who actually lived there before we lived there and ended up we ended up moving there. Right. Um because of them. Um they helped so much. Like mm -hmm. they brought in food, like their friends dropped off food, like 
Um, and so I shout out to the people of Atlantic Island. Yes. I mean, oh my gonna God. Shout out totally. Dr. Lisa. Yeah. Oh my God. Definitely shout out the um, yeah. the people of Atlantic Islands. Our, our friends, especially, really, Wonderful. really helped us during that time, and it was quite difficult. Yeah. Um, and that was in November of 2020, so it was also like. <laughs> pandemic time yeah <laughs> so, so like, your life is like in the last few years is, has been going through like oh my god cycles constant of cycles change. of change so much cycles of change and like um my best friend also who at the time still lived in manhattan like mm-hmm. in, or in brooklyn and she would come and help take care of me and like my my dad came up, my sister came up. Like yeah. my friends really did just rally around me. I have friends in D.C. who would come up and like take turns, like taking care of me. And then I got better. Yeah. Um, but again, they what ended up happening was there was another compression mm. in my head. So even though I was you know getting better, then it stopped working, and then it got worse. But then it was hard for me because. So many people had rallied around me. Right, right. I didn't want to feel like, okay, she's back in this suffering again. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we have to no, take I know care of her again. Yeah, asking like, for help once is difficult. Asking for help more than once, I, I think especially, I think even more so for women, not just, you know, men say, well, men don't like to ask for help. No, you know what? I think women find it more difficult to say, you know, this is coming around again. I may need your help again. Yeah. It's like, no, 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 I don't want to be a burden. It's true. And so what I ended up doing the second go-round is I internalized it a lot mm. more. And mm-hmm. then I just really stopped trying to be around people. Like, yeah. Like I would be around, I would, I didn't go out as much. You kind of isolated. I isolated myself. And then also I didn't want people to know like it's very so what ends up happening is very debilitating and like the pain hits you and you normally can't fake it right like sometimes the you know some of them are the pain level is small enough that you could fake it even Mm -hmm. though you're with someone a tear might fall off the side of your eye they may notice they may not notice but like I didn't want to do that I didn't want to be around people and have to fake it. And I did have to do that sometimes, and it was really difficult. And then I didn't want to have to keep calling on people and, you know, like, also, like, being in pain all the time. Yeah. Like, you're not, like, the funnest person to be around. No, no, because all of your energy is going toward trying to figure out how to lessen the pain also, be present for the people that you're around. Yes. It's, it's exhausting physically, emotionally, mentally. Yes. And there's no part of that that's normal. It is not. No. So I tried to avoid people as much yeah. as possible. I tried to avoid going out in town if yeah. I could. Mm-hmm. If I had to go out in town, I'd kind of be like, oh, hey, and then try to like keep it moving real yeah, quick. I'm sorry, I'm in a rush. And I know people were later. probably like, what is going on with her? Because yeah. I'm a very outgoing person when I see people like I'm like hey what's up like you know like I love talking to people and like I'm a happy person in general yes like so all of that pretty much drained out of me Mm -hmm. and so when I had to fake it it was just very difficult because of the pain so I was like okay I I just prefer not to yeah (laughs) like and if I was okay like if I, like it, it's so funny the way that trigeminal neuralgia works. Like sometimes the medicine was kicking in, and I could be more like mm-hmm. myself. But then I would go back to the pain, and then I would yeah. go back down into this like sullen world of like, is this ever going to change? Right. 
And then again, talking about advocating for yourself, I was like, I cannot live this way. Right. So I was like, something is up. Like, mm-hmm. so went back to the doctor, got an MRI, and they're like, yep, there is a compression there. Like, yeah. we have to, you know, so you can try different things. Mm-hmm. And I was like, let's just do it again. So in January of this year, I had brain surgery again. Wow. Oh, my gosh. And this time, I definitely kept it l- very More down low. low. Yeah, yeah, I did not tell a lot of people because... I really, again, <laughs> because everybody rallied around me so much the yeah. first time, I was like, let me just try to recruit on my own right, and see right. how it all goes. Yeah. Um, and, you know, again, I still had so many amazing people, my friends, Atlantic Highlands. I have other friends in Atlantic yeah. Highlands. I have a friend that we walked all, like, we could walk, like, that was our almost like my therapy of you know oh, going yeah. we would walk all mm-hmm. the time and my best friend she had moved to New Jersey at this point and so she was always around and helping and stuff like that and I just you know eventually got better and better first I I got staff so I was like oh <laughs> after the surgery so then I had to go on a IV for six weeks and that was like like a, a downer. You've been through it. <laughs> I've been through it. You've been the, it. And I was laid off at this point, too. So it was all this, like, okay, you got laid off. Now you're, like, having all this medical stuff. But the best part about it is, little by little, I got better and better and better. And the start of this year to now, yeah, it's like this, two different I, things. Jackie, I have to say this when I'm, like, I'm listening to your whole story fascinated because now I've learned about something new um and the thought that just that went through my head was so at the beginning of this year you had brain surgery yes (laughs) you've been laid off yeah and before the year ends you author three books author three books I had just got a new job I'll start in uh working in operations again that I'll start in December and like you know, I traveled so much this summer. I went to Milan. I went to London. I was in Florida visiting one of my great friends. I wish friends. I was younger than you. I would ask you to, if, if you would adopt me. <laughs> <laughs> Take me with you. <laughs> I'm, about, I'm going to Las Vegas this weekend. Like, Look at you. Like, it's amazing how life changes, you know? Yeah. Like, at the beginning of this year, when I had the surgery and I was sitting in ICU and I was like, is this how it's going to be? And hoping and praying that things would change and that I would be able to get back to myself. Mm -hmm. And not only have I got back to myself, I feel like I am better than I I ever was. I was going to say, you came back, like you whiplashed around and you're better than than ever. I I feel better than I ever have. You know? Yeah. Well, because I I think also, you know, from your pain, you manage to say, I'm I'm going to take this time to explore what I love to do. Yes. I'm going to take this time with my girls. I'm going to take this time with my family. I'm going to yes. take this time appreciating my friends. Yes. I am going to set this goal, mm-hmm. and and I'm going to accomplish it. Yes. And oh, by the way, I'm I'm going to get another great job. <laughs> Are you working for Cosmo then? <laughs> no, I'm oh, not. Okay. No, I or got Vogue. No, no. Um, just, I stayed in tech, and I'm I'm really excited because the company is a very great 
um, company and everyone I've met so far has been just awesome. amazing. So I'm really excited about that. And um, I'm closing out the year in Tulum because a friend of mine is turning 50 and I rented a villa and um, we're going to go down for like a couple of days. And I'm going to Tulum, Tulum for a couple of days. Tulum. Do you know where I'm going for a couple of days? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to Howell, New Jersey. <laughs> Howell's lovely. <laughs> I'm going to Howell, New Jersey, and then I'm going to go to Tuckerton to a place called Storybook Land. <laughs> That's where I'm going for a couple of days, Jackie, so you can just have your Tulum. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wow. I love this. I lo- See, this is why I love conversations. Yes. Like, you and I have never met face-to-face. Right. And I'm just, I'm sitting here feeling like I'm, I'm next to like one of the most amazing women I've ever met. <laughs> no, I'm serious because you're so generous in, in telling your story. You're so generous in sharing the truth about everything. Yeah. I mean, it was a very hard road. I'm not like, I, I think because I feel so good now. Yeah. It, it makes it almost seem like the hard part was a dream, mm-hmm. but it was tough. Oh, The pain yeah. was awful. Mm-hmm. I was not as present as I wanted to be right. as a parent Yes, because I was in pain quite yeah. a lot. I definitely wasn't the best friend that I could have been because I was falling back in myself. But you know what? You know what, Jackie? It was okay to allow other people to be the best friends. Yeah. We can't always be the best friends. It's true. And I I think that's why women have such a hard time asking for help because we feel like, you know, no, this is who I am to this person. This is who I am to this person. This is how these people know me. And when we start to feel like we're falling short because we're at a point in our lives where I just can't do this. Like, you know, now it's... Now something's happening to me, but I don't want to burden everyone else. We immediately start to feel like we're falling short it's in true. other people's expectations of ourselves. And mm-hmm. it's just not true. It's, not. it's it's now their time yeah. to feel like and I and I learned this the hard way too. I, I learned this by not sharing with people. And and then I I met an amazing group of, of different women yeah. who made it okay for me to not have a good day or be going through a really difficult time and be able to call them and say, yeah, I'm just, I'm just not doing good. Or I'm, I, or even if they just called me, I didn't have to pretend I was okay. Yeah. So you've always, you know, you not being the best friend, you're always the best friend. It was just your time. Yeah. It was just your time to, to say, okay, now you can be the best friend. And, and I'm sure they felt wonderful and amazing and and grateful that you were relying on them yeah i mean um first my husband is a saint yes i, <laughs> I mean, mean he, you, we went through yeah. so much yeah like, the ups and downs and him having to take on more oh, of sure. like the parenting and me being sick all the time mm-hmm. and me with the mood swings of okay i'm getting better and then being happy and then the yeah. depression of being in so much pain all the time and not knowing if it's ever going to end and um, the not being the outgoing person that I normally am, right. always trying to like stay in and trying to avoid going places and doing things. But, you know, that's the whole thing. Yeah. You, like you stick through it. You go through ups and downs and he was amazing. And, you know, my family was amazing. My dad mm-hmm. um you know, you your parents still take care of you sometimes. Oh, and yeah, like you never he came up 
and took care of me. My dad's 70 years old. Like, and whenever I need him, he's mm-hmm. always there. My sister also. My sister and I are very close. And she has her own family. She lives in um, Atlanta now, but she was in Nashville at the time, the first surgery. Right. And uh, still made the time to come up. And again, my best friend who, you know, these are the people you don't have to put on the mask. And like, I have really close friends um, that were there. Yeah. That were really there. And again, it, you know, I feel so appreciative of that. Of course. And even with the books, like Mm -hmm. even just sharing it with your network and the outpouring of love, the outpouring of people sending me videos, pictures, like I got your book. Oh, like your kids reading the books. And like, I don't know what I've done in my life to be surrounded by so many amazing, Mm. loving, wonderful people. Yeah. But I really, truly am. Like you say, you you know your your friends are their family that you choose. Yes, and I've chosen really, really well. You've chosen well, but I I would probably venture to say that without hesitation, they would say that they chose very well in having <laughs> you in their life. Is you know, and and I I I did not always have the most supportive people around me when I conscientiously told myself. I am only going to surround myself with the best women that I could possibly know. Within a year, I had accomplished that. Amazing. And because I still feel that way, Mm -hmm. and because I am so grateful for that circle, I'm also open to other amazing people. Like, my life has just opened up in ways that I never thought imaginable, imagine, because I, I love to give of myself, but I opened myself up to those people too, whereas, for a while, for me personally, I felt like, well, no, they, you know, I didn't feel worthy yeah. in, in a lot of ways. And then when I suddenly felt like, no, I'm I'm a really, really good friend. And and I, you know, I love these connections with other women. And and, and I feel like your friends feel the same way about you. Yeah, you know? I feel, I, I hope they do, but I feel the same way. Like, I feel that about them. Yeah. Like, I just have... Um, such ama- amazing people It's kind of like life. heart to heart. Yeah, and yeah. it's like everywhere. Like in my town, like I have great friends. In my hometown, yeah. I have some of my best friends. And then I have friends everywhere. Yeah. Like, and it, it, it fills me with such love and appreciation, especially after everything that I went through. Of course. To appreciate them that much more. Yeah, because I feel, I think... I think when you've been through something like what you've been through and people rally around you, you really, truly feel blessed. Yes, you I feel, do. You feel the friendship. The friendship, it goes from gratitude to, oh, my gosh, I am so blessed. I, I told you that my mom recently passed. Yes. And through her illness, every single day, she would find three or four things that she felt grateful and blessed for. And every day she would say, I am so blessed with my family. I am so blessed with my friends. And in the beginning I used to think, okay, Ronnie, we know you're blessed. (laughs) (laughs) But then I realized how blessed I was to be around this remarkable woman. And then you start to feel all of that within your heart, within the people that that surround you and in, in what you experience 
mm-hmm. every day. And I feel like that's probably what happened to you. It went from gratitude to I'm so lucky to, oh, no, I'm not lucky. I am blessed yes. beyond um, and people, you know, people say, oh, blessed, you know, no, it, they're blessings in our yes. lives. They're blessings from the universe, from God, from whatever you want to call yeah. it. And and they give you the strength and, and you become a different person and you start to give more of yourself out there. Yeah. I, I just, you know, I and and I almost feel like all those blessings came back to you because now look at you. Yeah. You're an author. Yeah. You're starting a new job. <laughs> yes, you're going to Tulum for a couple of days. Alrighty, and Las Vegas. There you go. Oh, and Las Vegas. With Let's not forget sister. that. Yeah. Um, no, but I, I always joke with my one of my best friends um, that lives in D.C. I always say I'm blessed and highly favored. And I said that even through, that. even through going through what I did with trigeminal neurology. Like yeah. I always kept... Like, I am, God is blessing me. <laughs> I don't see yeah. how this is going to pan out. Because <laughs> right now, all I see is pain and, mm. like, depression. But yeah. it will get better. Mm-hmm. I have to believe it. Yes. And eventually, it did. And it's gotten better than I could ever imagine it. And I'm just so happy that I was able to come out of the other side write these books for my children, have this legacy. Like when you were talking about your mom, my mom actually passed away when I was young. Oh, I was I'm 11 so oh, when I'm she so died. Sorry. She had a heart attack. And um, so it was a very sudden thing. Yeah. But like I wanted these books also to be a legacy for my kids. Not that, you know, nothing is ever promised. Right. But like at least in this, they will always remember Yes. me Mm-hmm. how we were together as a family. Yeah. And, you know, because memories fade. They do. Like, I remember my mom very much. I remember a lot of her sayings. I remember how loving and warm she was. But, like, to have something written. Right. Something tangible. Tangible yeah. that you they can, can see yeah. and remember forever. And their kids can remember, this is us. This is our family. This is what we were like. Yes. It means that much more. Yes, this is us then, this is us now, yeah. this is us forever. That's right. Yeah, I love it. I have to be honest with you, Jackie. I uh, This conversation went so differently. <laughs> than you thought? <laughs> it, it did because, um, yeah, it did because in, in my head, I had asked you before we started to talk, would you have, do you have an issue with me, you know, having a conversation about being a biracial family Absolutely. and... But, you know, I always believe that the conversations that I have with people go in the direction that they're supposed to go. Absolutely. And something you also had in common with with my mom. My mom had three aneurysms. Mm. That's not what you had in common with her. But she... she thought that, you know, she was just getting old and, like, she would get a little sparkle or a little something in her eye or she would be squinting. And she went to the eye doctor. Mm-hmm. And she said, this is what's happening. And, you know, she never had, you know, any pain or anything. And he looked at her and he said, you have to go to a neurologist. He yes. saw something in her eye, oh, my in her goodness. eye exam. She went to the neurologist and they found three aneurysms oh, in the front goodness. of her head. And this was before her diagnosis of cancer. Mm. And I believe the universe puts us exactly where we're meant to be. Yeah. 
So it, it, the, they, it was a frightening time for her. Mm-hmm. You know, she thought for sure this is it. But when the universe puts you right where you're supposed to be and you are able to come out of it, it really does make you, it does make you stronger. It makes yeah. you better. It makes your story richer mm-hmm. because now you can go, like you said, I, I, don't, I don't know where this is going to take me. I, I didn't know about the pain. I didn't, and, and you know, it, it gave you this amazing story of courage, of hope, of blessings, yeah. and you took it and you ran with it. You, you've made even, you know, you've, you've enriched your life even more by pulling your children into it pulling their story into Mm -hmm. it pulling in their story in a way that doesn't focus on the fact that we're biracial and this is why my hair is like this and Mm -hmm. you know it it's just this is this is my life yes this is our life this is my family this is who we are yes and um I imagine that there have been times when it's been tough oh definitely um there have been when my oldest daughter was young people used to think that I was a nanny <laughs> which is a very interesting I thing even, I wasn't even going there <laughs> but, but I can give you many more examples of um because she is a uh, blonde and she has blue eyes and uh so it was already a, a this family is different mm-hmm. I'm like nope this is my daughter this I promise it. you she this was there and this is us this, this is, is our us. family and there has definitely been times where people have looked at my husband and I uh, in a certain way, or my daughter will come and ask about, like, so am I black? Like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Like, my older daughter. Mm-hmm. Like, and so there is a constant struggle of, yeah. you know. Yeah, you should tell them, like, look, there are some people who are Irish and Italian. Yeah. You and know, my husband not, is from Ireland. Right. So not everybody is just one thing. Yeah. Very, I will say this. Very few people are just one nationality. What you know, we're yeah. all we're all made up of of different people. Yeah, pieces of different people from our you know our lineage or where we come from. It so it's um, of course when you're a biracial family, it's something that people can see more. Yes, you know, absolutely, it's a visual as opposed to people don't know that I'm Irish and Italian. They just look at me and say. Oh, she's white. Yeah. No, that's my skin color. Mm-hmm. But I'm Irish and Italian. Yeah. You know, they look at you and it's the visual. They look at your family and it's the visual. Absolutely. And that's why it becomes the topic of conversation. It um, does. And I think, like, again, with my daughters, I think they do now really understand, like, I am biracial. Like, you know, I am half of my mom, mm-hmm. half of my dad. And... um they also understand that people will look at them and say, oh, you're black, mm-hmm. or assume that they're white, mm-hmm. and they're just them. Right. You know? But this is what I'm made up of. And again, my husband is from Ireland, yes. actually from Ireland. Oh, wow. And um, so they have a cultural aspect of it as well. Right. You know? Was that hard? I, was not, it, was, not did, did either of you get pushback? Um, from no family friends surprisingly no like um, Wonderful. we know a lot of 
um, Irish people. <laughs> My best yeah. friend is Irish. Uh, the friends in town that were so supportive of us, they're Irish. We have other Irish people that live in the town. And, like, all around us we have so many amazing Irish people who have been the most welcoming mm. people you could possibly imagine. Right. Um, and there was never any pushback there. And with my family, my family opened, like, had open arms for John. Like, they were like, oh, my God, he's just an amazing person who um, loves uh, Jackie. So we're, like, cool with it. Right, we just love, I just love you. Yeah. They just love each other. That's all that matters. Yeah, absolutely. It's love. (laughs) Like, so it's more, like, you see strangers that are looking at you funny or say something Mm. to you on the street or whatever. But for the most part. We only surround ourselves in love and acceptance, but at the same time, it doesn't mean that there isn't, you know, struggles of us constantly learning. Yes. And, like, John is constantly learning about, like, how to properly do their hair and, like, you know, like, there's cultural stuff. Oh, Jackie, but can I just tell you, dads are never good with their daughter's (laughs) hair. I just want I just want to let you know yeah, that no, I know. as an Irish Italian who married a full Italian, <laughs> it was and she had hair that was curly, like tight, mm-hmm. curly for days, and he would just look at me and I would go, "She has your hair. Why are you?" Yeah, I was like, just "Get away! I can figure it out." So you know that's just a dad. Thing. Yeah, no, he did it. He did it. He does a great job, but it's like it's a constant yes. learning, and it's like. Again, for us to make sure that they understand both cultures, like they, you know, they understand a lot about Ireland and they've yeah. been to Ireland many times. And like we were learning more about culture and like for Juneteenth, like we went to like a Juneteenth party in Newark and like we're just doing more things to make yeah. sure that they understand both sides of who they are. Yes. But understand that some people will not give them that grace. Yes. And they will just assume that they are what they are. And it's on them. And that but it's not on your don't children. It's on take those people. That yeah. to heart. Yes. And I have to say that to them yeah. quite a lot. It's like, you know who you are. Don't worry about what anybody else says about mm-hmm. you. Mm. So yeah. I think that's really important. I don't know, Jackie. <laughs> this has truly been one of well. The nicest surprises in terms of having a conversation with someone. It's been a great conversation. It has been so like varied. Like we have color, we have covered so much. Like from one part of the spectrum to the other. And the best part is, I get to see you at the book fair. I know. After you go to Vegas. That's right. And I'll before be. you go to Tulum. Yes. <laughs> and I'm going. I'm throwing Los Angeles in there too. I'm going to Las Vegas, then Los Angeles, and then we have the book fair. Oh my gosh! So you're yeah, you're just going. Yeah, I'm just going. And can I live vicariously for you? Because when I see you at the book fair, and I'm like, so well, how was Vegas? How was LA? Yes. I've been to Vegas, haven't been to LA. Oh my god! I've, I've I've been to Acapulco, never been to Tulum. But we're talking Acapulco when I was 19, when everybody went. So it's just not the same. But I have just. I have so enjoyed this conversation. I don't I, want it to end. Yeah, I don't. I I'm like, oh, I want to unpeel more. I like, I want to watch. I want to watch Jackie Bloom more, so I can, <laughs> you know, see all the other little petals that I don't know about. But thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for agreeing to to come on here with me. And I've, I've enjoyed it. I love having so conversations. Open, to yeah. be so open with me, and I really hope we can do it again. Absolutely. Because. Uh, 
this is what it's all about. It's it's, it's about, about just sitting. And I feel like people literally just listen to two women meet each other, like truly meet each other. Yeah. And, and just like how this is how you have a conversation when you meet someone. Yes. It's okay to ask questions. So <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. And just give everybody the title of your books again. Okay. The, you They're going to hear it before they see it. The books yep. are beautiful. The books are beautiful. She has hardcover and soft cover. I mean, yep. they really are beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, so Gwen are. and Gabby go to the amusement park. Gwen and Gabby visit Santa Claus. And Gwen and Gabby get ready uh, for Halloween. And they're available on Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. Yeah, Gwen and, it's the Gwen and Gabby series. That's, that's what, right. That's what we're going to call it. Yeah. Because the it's Adventures definitely a series. Gwen and Gabby's. Absolutely. Yep. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank and you. have a good night, everybody. Bye.